Welcome to the podcast. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I've gone from being in complete overwhelm, burning the candle at both ends, and watching my health, relationships, and business suffer, to creating a life with more joy, ease, and abundance. If you're ready to let go of the overwhelm, reclaim your health, and push past your comfort zone so that you can unleash your next level of success to create a greater impact, then sit back as we delve into conversations as well as bring on guests to share with you tools, knowledge, and real action steps to get you there. Listen in because you never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello and happy 2023. My goodness, here we are in the new year. I hope that yours is off to an absolutely fabulous start. We are in that month, the thick of it, the time where... Many people are committing to health and lifestyle changes and new diets and new approaches and new gym memberships and all the things. And to be honest, I love it. I have gone through my phases of don't set an intention to set an intention to, you know, we shouldn't be just starting a new year's resolution or new diet just because it's the new year, whatever, the list goes on. But at the end of the day, this time of year can really spark a decision for many people that does go on to really impact their life in such a positive and incredible way. And so, you know, who am I to be down about that? I know for a fact that when we feel excited about making a decision on something, that's when we need to act upon it. It's it's in that moment that only change can be possible. Of course, many people fall off the bandwagon. And I think the key to really long-term success is expecting that, is expecting that the day is going to come where it's hard. The day is going to come where you don't want to do it. And so prepare for that and know that that's part of the journey and really have those moments not be the be end and like the ending of it all, right? The whole, oh, if I miss today, then that's it. I, I give up, right? Just knowing, okay, I missed today, but the year is long. And it's really about making those times where we fall off track just a little shorter. It doesn't mean that they're never going to happen throughout the entire year, throughout all of our years. There's just no such thing as perfection. And perfection isn't fun. Perfection is boring. But the key is to develop these habits and these lifestyle shifts, I would say like 85 to at least 90% of the time so that we can live healthy, happy, vibrant lives and get that feeling that truly is what we are after when we make these kinds of commitments. And also to get healthy so that we can live our life, so that we can do all sorts of like adventures and things that we want to do and just age really well and age gracefully and strong. And it allows us to look after ourselves. It allows us to look after other people. There's so many reasons to want to get healthy and stay healthy. So today I am going to be talking about the diet that I have literally followed since 2006. The reason is when I saw this diet and learned about it, I was just like, this makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of really, with uh, the exception of a few little tweaks, the way I was raised and the way my mom and my grandmother used to cook. And like I said, with the exception of a few little things, and that's why I call it primal-ish. But there was... um. 
a time that I was really, really strict with it for years. And, you know, I felt great. I felt happy. I didn't, I wasn't super strict out of, um, wanting to be perfect. It just became my way of life. And then life happens. And this is where I mean, we can't be so hard on ourselves. I had situations in the last few years where I actually moved in with my mom for nine months. She had injured herself. I was waiting for my home to be built. And so it meant that I wasn't really in control of everything that I was eating. And that being because food was brought over as well from people that were being so kind and helpful. And so I just relaxed. And so again, like I said, it's not about being perfect, but getting back to this way of eating always makes me feel so good. And I always do struggle with, you know, we hear it now this time of year, people saying, don't follow this plan and it's too rigid and it's going to bring up eating issues and this and that. And, but my whole thing is through structure comes freedom. Like if we don't at least follow something. It's just too wishy-washy. There's so many um, health pros out there now that are like, they don't want to put a name on the way they're eating. But then when you ask them what do they eat or how do they eat, it's pretty primal-ish or (laughs) paleo-ish. Because at the end of the day, these ways of eating are really about sticking to whole foods, sources and good quality of foods and really um, eliminating ultra processed foods, which aren't foods. So I just always find that interesting when they're like, I don't, I don't want to put a label on it. I'm like, is it about labeling? Is it about marketing? Like, what's it about? Because I really like, I don't mind the idea of labeling. If I can say to you, okay, we're going to follow a primal diet and this is what it consists of. It gives you clear guidelines so that you can start making shifts in your lifestyle. And like I said, it doesn't mean that you have to stick like that forever. But when we are trying to get healthy, there's a few things that we need to do. One is really work with those sugar cravings. Another is to balance blood sugar levels that so that that will help us with sugar cravings. And it will also help us with um, losing body fat and balancing our hormones so that we are in a better mood, so that we can sleep better, so that we have better energy, like the list goes on. So if I were to say to you, well, just eat healthy, it's just not clear enough guidelines. And so to know, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And this is what these are the foods that um, I'm supposed to be eating. It just gives us somewhere to start and somewhere to focus. And so I'm going to go over the primal diet with you and explain what the premises of it is. Now, it's very similar to paleo, only for me, I have found the primal, which was um, first really put out there by Mark Sisson. Um, he's just not so dogmatic about things. So in the paleo diet, I believe that in some paleo um, followers, there's no dairy, there's definitely never any grains. And even though there aren't any grains in the primal diet either, I'm going to talk about what kind of Marxist and stance is on things like that. And there are no legumes, so beans. Now that was easy for me because I never really liked beans very much. So for years I didn't eat them. Now I eat them occasionally and I'm going to talk about that because that's my (laughs) primal-ish. So the primal diet, if you think about a food pyramid, because I think that's the thing that we're familiar with, 
it's laid out a little bit different. So at the very bottom of it, so the biggest part of the primal diet food pyramid is vegetables. So I absolutely love that. So you're looking to eat as many green leafy vegetables as you can. They're packed full of incredible nutrients and antioxidants. The more color, the better. And you want to stick to more non-starchy depending on where you are for your, um, for your macronutrients, which I'll get into as well. And then I love, what I love is that you can eat as many cruciferous vegetables as you want and as many green leafy vegetables as you want with very low calories. And it really bulks you up and makes you feel full. So this is not about eating rabbit food. This plan really, we want you to feel full and satiated when you're eating. And that happens when we eat like whole foods, whole whole foods that are very good quality. Okay. So after that, the next part of the pyramid is meat, fish, eggs, fowl. So all your protein. So I like to think of like when I'm doing a plate for me, I actually often think of what the protein sources first that I'm going to have. And then I fill most of my plate with vegetables. So when it comes to meat, really, I love beef. I think beef is like so nutrient dense. I buy local and grass fed when I can. Um, when it comes to eggs, focusing on pasture raised, um, you don't always have to buy organic. And I understand like this is a balance to everything because you also want to be able to not hurt your wallet too much. Although I do think that spending a little bit more on our food and saving an other areas is always well worth it. But again, if you're supporting a family and things, we do have to kind of be careful with where we're spending. So I'm not saying that you need to buy organic all the time or that you need to buy grass fed every time, but it is worth the effort to look around and think like, do I have anywhere local where I can get a good deal on things? Can I buy things on sale and freeze them? Even big stores like Costco will often have grass fed or organic and at really good prices, you just buy bulk. And then I like to then put it into smaller portions and freeze it that way. So there's always a way. So after that is healthy fats. So looking at healthy fats, such as avocado oil, um, full fat butter, grass fed, if you can as well, coconut oil, avocados themselves, extra virgin olive oil, which is basically what I grew up on and live live on. I use that oil the most. Um, and then in moderation is fruits. So fruits are totally okay and good for you. Um, again, it's just really how much you're going to be eating. You want to eat them in whole, whole food source and not in juices, but in whole food source, because then with the fiber, it means that it helps to, um, helps your body to not absorb the sugar content so quickly. So it slows the absorption. And so you don't get that spike in blood sugar levels, which then leave, leads to energy crashes and, and um, fluctuations in your insulin and then leading to cravings. So again, you want to have them as a whole food source and not as juice. I just generally don't drink my calories. Um, also dairy, high fat dairy is really is high fat and low fat. I like low fat as well, but dairy, good sources of dairy, um, in the 
form of yogurt is usually what I stick to, but even fermented um, or aged cheeses, fermented yogurts like kefir, sour cream, and then also nutrient-dense carbohydrates. So things like sweet potato, squash, quinoa, um, even wild rice. So even though the primal diet, um, the paleo diet is very like no, no grains, the primal diet is very, very low grains, but a little bit of rice here and there is acceptable as one of your um, carbohydrates. And again, this is in moderation and I would keep that to days where I'm actually training. And then there's also room for little treats like dark chocolate, 85% or higher. It's very high in antioxidants. And so just having these little treats. And then at the very top of the pyramid is your supplementation. Because as we know, the busy world that we're living in, it doesn't hurt to supplement just because of the quality of food that we're eating. And um, sometimes just busy days and not getting in all of a variety of nutrients that we need to. So I really like the idea of supplementing. If you live up north, then definitely you want to be supplementing at least with a vitamin D. And then herbs, spices to make your food super tasty. So that's the basis of the primal diet. It's very simple and easy to follow. Like I said, there's no beans and legumes in it. However, I have introduced those into my diet occasionally because they are a good source of soluble fiber. They are a whole food. Um, I don't eat them too often, but again, I'm not really at a stage where I want to be super dogmatic with things. Now, when I train clients and I'm putting them on on the primal diet, we start off with adhering to the plan because it's just easy to follow. And then after a couple of months time, we can add some legumes here and there if that's something that they wish. And some people just don't really care to have them at all because they don't do well with them. They are a great source of insoluble fiber, which is why I introduced them back. But you can also get insoluble fiber from other um, fibrous root vegetables, um, such as carrots, parsnips, and so on. So it's like I said, it's a really simple plan. But when you when we think about it, it's just easy. And having this structure, having an image with all the foods that you can have makes it super easy. But then you can just we can combine them. Like there's so many different things that you could do. You could do a beef stir fry. You could do a roast. You could do roast chicken. You could do um, shredded chicken. You can do a curry, right? Because you can you have the coconut milk and the, and the different spices and the different veggies. So when you start to kind of think, how can I put these foods into combination? There's really no reason to ever feel one bored or two like you're missing out on something there's always a healthy version of something and then once in a while like if I'm going out with friends and we're going to a restaurant I'm not really worried about whether I'm eating primal or not because I don't go out that often if I am feeling like I don't want to um, stray that much for whatever reason wherever I am on kind of my plan it's very easy to get a protein source and veggies when you're out. It's really not that difficult to be eating out on the primal diet. So, you know, how is this different to keto? Well, keto really in terms of these foods, a lot of these foods are are keto friendly. The difference comes in the macronutrients. So when you're when you're keto, you have your carbohydrates of, at a very low like under under 50 and for some people even lower it depends if you're counting um if you're counting 
all net carbohydrates or full carbohydrates. However, so that's keto is you're just really focused on keeping those carbs super low. I don't do keto. I find um, keto for women can often be challenging. Now, there has been some evidence that once you're in menopause, that being keto can be super helpful. What I have found for women is if they go keto too long, it can actually start to have a negative impact and start to um, impact sleep. And we know that once we impact sleep and we're not getting good sleep, then everything else is out of kilter. And so sleep is number one. And so that's kind of like one of the first clues that perhaps it's not quite working. Um, I find for me, because I love to strength train and get those big workouts in, that being that low carbohydrate just isn't ideal. You need some carbohydrates. So in the primal diet, the recommendation is for weight loss to be between 50 and 100 100 grams of carbohydrates. And I like that range. Now I know that that's a generalization because it kind of also depends on weight and your training and this and that. But it's pretty solid. Like across across the board, if you're sticking between 50 and 100, you're going to lose weight. Now, now the way I do it with my clients is on days where they're not doing their strength training, we keep the carbohydrates lower between the 50 to 65, 70. And then on days where we're in the gym doing strength training, then we up that to the 75 to 100 mark. And so that's like a nice way to look at carbohydrates. And again, then you're not getting bored. You're not getting that food fatigue of always trying to do the exact same thing. But I find it also shifts the mindset, the mindset from dieting and not being able to eat this to, okay, this is what I'm doing. How am I going to fuel my body? I find that when we eat powerful foods, we feel powerful. So when we make those great choices and the more we do that consistently and we start to change the mindset from, oh my gosh, I need to do this to lose weight, which I sometimes feel keto can be a little bit obsessive with that is like, I need to keep these carb low carbs down so that I lose the weight. Like, no, we will lose weight and change our body shape through other variables, not just bringing down carbohydrates, but also in a way that is better for us mentally and better for us physically. So that's one way that I structure carbohydrates. Then the other thing is the number one is the protein intake. So I have all my women focus on eating a hundred grams of protein a day. Now that's not quite enough for everyone. It's the formula is based on weight. And so depending on how much you weigh and what you want your goal weight to be, um, you might be a little bit higher than that. But I find most women are not even getting to a hundred grams. And so, um, having that as your base, if you could do that consistently, it's going to have a major impact. Now that's super important, not only for muscle growth, which is, you know, absolutely key, especially as we age. And as we age, we don't synthesize protein as well. So we need to be eating more of it. But protein is also super satiating. Like when was the last time we sat down and gorged on like a whole chicken and ate the whole thing? Like we don't, there, our bodies actually know when they've had enough of of um, a good source of protein, very different from processed foods, right? If you're eating a processed hamburger when you're out, like that's got all sorts of things in it, (laughs) not just the meat. But when I'm just talking about meat and the actual protein source, we don't overeat it. And so 
Um, I love that because it is, like I said, if you focus on your protein, getting those hundred grams in. So if you're looking at your three meals and I like to do three meals a day and no snacks, maybe at the very beginning, if you're making a shift, you have to fit a snack in. Um, but generally I just like to stick to those three meals. And so you're looking to get between 30, 35, um, to 40 at each meal, depending on how you're going to structure your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, I don't like to snack because I do believe it's very important to have a good amount of time be- between meals. It's important to give your digestion that time to do its thing. We often say to rest, but it's not necessarily to rest. You actually want to be feeling hungry before each meal. During that time, your digestive system is working to clear out like all the last bits of food and debris. And that's really important for gut health because if we're constantly eating and we're eating all these little meals, which was a big thing for a long time, um, you can actually get like an overgrowth of bacteria in your gut health, which can lead to all sorts of issues. So it is really important. Now I'm not saying, oh my goodness, if you snack, you're going to have all these issues. No, but I'll have the odd snack here and there. Like if I didn't eat enough at breakfast or enough at lunch, then I'll find that I need like a healthy snack to get me to the next meal. And that's totally fine. You're better off doing that and, and keeping your blood sugar levels balanced. However, as a general rule, I'm not a snacker and I, and I work to get my clients to just having those three meals. If we're eating three meals with, um, a good amount of protein, all those veggies with fiber in them, um, and, and water in them because vegetables are very hydrating, then chances are you're not going to feel the need to be snacking. And if you do, it's a good thing to reflect back and think, okay, what was I missing? Or is it emotional? Sometimes I'll have a piece of dark chocolate. I'm like, Oh, I just feel like a treat. Like there's no reason for it. I'm not hungry. I want a treat. And so I'll have a little bit of dark chocolate. So, so that can happen too. And there's nothing wrong with that. And especially as women, different times of our cycle, um, even if you've gone through menopause, I, I always say, if you've gone through menopause, focus on the moon cycles because there's four phases and we're still impacted by that flow of hormones. So um, that depending too, like during certain times in, of our cycle, it's good to get a little bit more carbohydrates. Whereas other times you'll naturally not even want the carbohydrates. You'll be a little bit lower on the, on the carbohydrate craving. So anyway, so again, the point of this podcast was really pick something that you love, that something that you know you'll be able to stick to. Don't feel like you have to be dogmatic for your entire life on it, but find something that you're going to think, no, this can actually be a lifestyle. I can actually do this for forever with little cheats here and there and vacations here and there. But I know that coming back to this is what's going to make me feel good each time. And so um, I really love the Primal Diet. So if you have any questions about it, or you'd like to know a little bit more about it, or even if you'd like some coaching on it, I am doing one-to-one coaching online again. And And you can even do just like a one-off session because you want to learn more um, or you'd like me to set your um, macros with you and help you to figure that out. I'm always happy to do that. So just go to RoccoFit.com and you can connect with me there or send me an Instagram at RoccoFit. All right, my friends, have a beautiful January. Whatever your goals, whether you have a health goal this year or you're just continuing what you're doing, whatever it is, I just wish you all the health and happiness and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. 
It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.